Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so very thrilled to have with me today, Deb Acker, and she is intuitive relationship coach, author, speaker. Um, Yeah, and I'm just really thrilled to have her. So welcome, Deb. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so excited to be having this conversation today. Yes, me as well. And I know we, you had chosen intuitively to a, a, really a theme that we're going to focus on, uh, which is honoring your emotions to create a deep connected relationship in life. And um, I love that. I love that theme and I'm, I'm ready to learn more as well. So yeah, so talk to the audience about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm an intuitive relationship healer. And basically, so just to give you a little bit about my story and my background and kind of how I got to this point of intuitive relationship healing and even what that is. Um, So before I was two years old, my dad left. And when I was 17, my mother passed away. And while at the time, obviously, those were extremely uh, hard, um, I would say moments, but they were extremely like they created a really challenging childhood. what they were meant to do, they cemented in a deep abandonment pattern, but what they were meant to do was to kind of set me on my path, right? And so obviously part of that was working through, uh, you know, my dad was in my life my entire life, right? But it was working through the forgiveness pieces of that, right? And really how do I fully forgive him and actually really realize that that was part of my path and was going to set me off towards my purpose. Right. Right. And there was that mix with losing my mom before I was even 18 years old, who she was my best friend. She was my sister. She was my world. And, um, how do you work through the grief of that? Right. Which is not a one and done thing or even a decade and done thing. Right. It's something that, you know, you carry with you, but how do, how do you work through that? And how does that relationship, um, if you're, if you're lucky enough and you open to it, how can that relationship evolve? as you start to shift and move, um, you know, move through the course of your life. So, you know, those two moments, really what happened for me, they cemented in that deep abandonment pattern. And then from there, you know, when I went to start to date, um, we can all imagine how that went. It did not go well. Um, And, you know, it was really through that door of seeking love and wanting love in my life that, you know, like opened up this, this desire to heal those because I just really, really wanted to have that relationship. And that led me, you know, down this path of how do you heal your abandonment pattern, which so many people had told me you would just be managing it, you know, through my life. So how do you heal that? And so many of the patterns that come with you, how do you forgive? And um, how do you create and use everything that's happening in your life, including your emotions um, to create, deep connected relationships and to really love yourself and, um, and have others show up for you in that same way. So that's just like, 
Beautiful. This is a brief edited version of that. <laughs> wow. And one of the things that really struck me, what you just said was um, how, and I can't even remember the words that you used, but, but how the relationship continues on with your, your mother and father, even though they're, they're not present. And so I love that idea of it continuing that. I mean, that relationship does continue on even through grief. Yeah. And so my dad is still in my life. He's, he's still alive. He's still in, in physical okay. form. And so that relationship, I mean, I'm grateful, right? Because I've had the opportunity to do the forgiveness work and then see how that relationship has changed oh. in physical form, which is freaking incredible. And it like literally just like brings tears to my eyes just to even think about it. And then, you know, there's the aspect of my mom who did pass away. <laughs> so she is, oh, uh, and how that relationship has changed, um, you know, through the grief and then how we shifted and, and what that relationship looks like now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, <laughs> I say amen and hallelujah to what you just said about that relationship. My mom's 85 and, uh, she's a year and a half sober. And so she has started to do her healing work and wow, what an impact it's had on our relationship and healing our relation, our mother daughter relationship. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. It's real. It's a, it's a really beautiful thing. And then, and the thing is, it's like, so, um, you know, I don't know how much um, you or your listeners know about soul contracts, but I had a soul contract um, that I had to do certain kind of forgiveness work, right. That I had to heal my abandonment pattern to bring love into my life. And so here I am like 10 years ago when I'm like standing on this path and feeling so frustrated, you know, I'd spent years in, um, unsuccessful therapy where I had awareness of what was happening, but I wasn't, nothing was changing. And I was feeling so frustrated and like, why isn't this working for me? Like, why can't I get this right? You know, I had been at that point, I was in the corporate world and I had had success in every other aspect of my life. And it was like, you know, in the corporate world, it's like, you just make things happen. Right. And then to try to do that in love, it, it wasn't working. It's like, it's, um, I'm hearing shit storm. It's, it's, right, right. He's my French. I mean, don't mean to offend anyone if they're not um, into swearing, but, um, you know, and so it was, it was one of those things where I like, I had to be willing to try something different to, you know, to create that, right. I had to be willing to do something different, to go in a different direction. You know, in part, I had a codependent relationship with my therapist. So, you know, there was this dynamic of just, she had known my mother and like, I felt like she was, I had, I, when I was younger, I, and even now too, but I tended to attract a lot of mother figures in my life. Right. Because, which makes sense. Right. With the loss of my mom. And she was just sort of one of those figures that had taken on that role. Um, as a result of that, though, our therapy wasn't really working that well, you know, and um, but it was meant to obviously set me off on on my path and on that journey. Yeah, I know on my own abandonment issues, I was drawn to narcissists like for and there was just that pull towards um, narcissistic personalities. Yeah. 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 I mean, I um, I, I've dated. I de- at least identified and dated a, at least one or two narcissists that I've been aware of. Um, it's, it's, it's like when we're empaths and stuff, we tend to, I don't know if I'm assuming you're an empath, but you know, we tend to attract, you know, the, the narcissistic personality, or that can be, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that, that we are, that we tend to attract, right. And we, t- we attracted to heal it really. It's like, can we, can we move through it? Can we heal it? Can we, um, 
you know, can we recognize that? And just this awareness, like it doesn't always have to be that way, right? Like that it can shift. We don't always have to, there are good guys out there. There are good humans, um, you know, out there and us doing, you know, the inner work really, um, absolutely shifts that and changes that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think part of mine was like that savior, good girl. I always felt like I had to, yes, do the fixing, be the, and I think that again, went back to my mom and yeah, fascinating. It is so, it's so incredibly fascinating how we do take on these roles, especially as children, if we've been through adverse childhood experiences and um, yes, and and internalize those roles. And then yes, wow, does it come up in relationships? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. It's like, you know, they set the stage for our relationships and like, when you've gone through that stuff in childhood and and it's just so hard and so challenging. I mean, I spent many years, like not knowing it's like, you know, you kind of feel, I get this image right now of being underwater. Right. And you kind of just feel like you're underwater and you're just trying to like, you know, tread water and like, you know, take a breath. Right. And you're just literally just trying to navigate and get through it. And you're trying to find someone. I mean, for me, I was trying to find someone who was good, but you know, even the guys that I attracted that I would say were good guys or were better guys in the world. I mean, they still were showing up for me because I had those relationship patterns, right? So they were still either like I had a guy I dated for a couple of years. who was a, he was a really good guy, but he disappeared on me every so often. And it was like extremely traumatizing for me because of my background. Right. But it, he was a good, and he was good. He was a good human, but it was like, Oh my goodness. He just, disappear for like a weekend. I wouldn't hear from him or anything. And of course that was triggering, you know, my abandonment pattern. And one of the things that I learned, I, I write up, I wrote about this in my book, living deeply, but one of the things that I learned was, so when I would be feeling that abandonment, if I could just stay with it, if I could just allow myself to feel it versus what I would like to have, you know, what I was typically doing with it, which was like, call my friends or run away from it or go work out or, I mean, uh, you know, eat ice cream or, you know, I mean, I had, you know, we all have our escape methods. Right. And so when I started to, I got the whisper of like, you can actually heal this pattern in this lifetime. So when I started to really go, okay, I, you know, I went on a date with a guy, I, I, I write about it in my book, but it was like an eight hour date, non-date. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like a defined as a date, but it kept getting extended over and over and over again. And the old me was sort of in the wiring or the conditioning of like, he was the center. And I was like, tell me what, what's going to happen. Right. Tell me what, you know, what, what we're going to, you know, are we going to go out again? Right. And I was kind of waiting for him to make that decision. And, and I, it's like, he wanted to go out with me again, but then I think he was getting intuitive hits around of his own because he was, he was, he was, and he was intuitive too. And I got, you know, it wasn't clear. We left the date and it wasn't clear if we were going to go out again. And it took me into my abandonment trigger. And so, you know, that night and into, you know, the, into the next day, I like, I felt it. And I finally, that following day was like, I'm just going to sit with this. I wanted to pick up my phone. I wanted to do all the things that we do to escape. And I was like, I'm just going to be as present as I can with this and like, just sit with this until it shifts until it clears. And it was a huge step to just, that was one small piece, but that practice was a huge step to starting to really actually, can I heal it? Can I feel it? This whole conversation is about feeling right. But can I actually be with it and sit with it and just like allow it to be there and not try to do something, either get away from it or to escape from it. So 
Yes. And I love what you just said, that practice, because, wow, have I talked about that a lot on this show of just changing habitual patterns, changing, creating new practices. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's key that, so we are so conditioned to like, first of all, think of things as like, we're successful or we're not successful. Like that worked out. Like, even if it's like, if we get into a relationship, even if the relationship's not good, it's like, Oh, but I, I stayed in it. So it was successful. Right. Versus this idea of like, there's no end point and us being in that con being willing to be in that constant practice where it's like, okay, me sitting in that abandonment trigger that time shifted one piece of the abandonment trigger. It didn't put it to an end in that moment, but it shifted one piece. And if I could just let myself have that one piece, right. Then that creates this experience or this feeling of like, okay, then, you know, the next time another thing shifts and all of a sudden, um, I don't know if you've talked about this or had anyone that's talked about this, but the whole corkscrew thing with our patterns and this idea that, you know, if you're, you're, we tend to think of growth as like linear, but if you can think of it more in a corkscrew where it's like, okay, I shifted this one piece of my abandonment pattern and then I moved up and I keep moving up until the pattern finally releases. And that's something that's so huge and important because then all of a sudden we're not, uh, it didn't work because I didn't full, I still had my abandonment trigger after that. It's like, it worked. I just have more to heal or more to shift. I love that visual. I've talked about that as a spiral staircase with grief before, like the, the further you move away mm -hmm. from the, the death itself. Um, I had gone to a, to a suicide um, vigil and a parent was talking about the death of his son. And, but he had talked about that spiral as you, as you move away from it, you keep coming around to things. I so I love that corkscrew idea of yes. Um, you, you know, you're making progress and you may come back around, but yeah, you're making progress. Yeah. And you, and you can see it from a higher vantage point each time. Yeah. Right. So like, which is, which is awesome and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, cool. All right. So honoring <laughs> your emotions to create a deep connected relationship in life. I think we've already started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we started talking about it. Yeah. It's perfect. But <laughs> any specific points that you want to want to address? So here's the thing. Our emotions get kind of a bad rap, right? Like um, you know, we tend I, I was thinking about this not too long ago. I had this awareness, like, you know, what happens when we start crying? What do, what's the first thing someone says to us? They say, what's wrong, right? It's not what's right because you're feeling and because you're actually connected to yourself and connected to your experience, it's what's wrong. So that right there mixed with all these messages, I don't know what kind of messages maybe you had growing up. I had like, you're, you know, you're too emotional, you know, um, or overly emotional. You know, you, we have all these messages in our background about it's not safe to feel, right? And in doing so, what we do is we abandon ourselves. So it's, you know, and it's subconscious, it's extremely subtle, but what, you know, I don't know if you've talked about or um, uh, done any, any of the inner child work, right? But, you know, what we're saying is, is that our, you know, our, the little girl or little boy that lives inside of us, right? That they're, first of all, they're not safe, right? And we're saying, you know, like their feelings don't matter. And then we go on the world and we expect other people to make our feelings matter when we're not honoring or owning our own feelings and making them matter. Right. And so it's so important that we really, um, uh, you know, like take the time to honor ourselves, to go, you know, it's even something as simple as like you have a bad day. Right. And at the end of your day, you go, um, 
hey, you sit down in bed with yourself at night and you go, Hey, tell me about that day. And it can be to yourself. It can be to your inner child. I know a lot of people can overthink this. Our inner child was that, that, that person that had dreams and hopes and, and desires and also had pain and, and people hurt them. Maybe, you know, with our, we talked about, we've talked about with our parents, right. And the ways that they've showed up. Right. And so sitting down, whether it's with them or just yourself and just creating a dialogue, that's like, Hey, what was that like for you when your boss ignored you or when you didn't get that promotion or when, you know, XYZ person talked to you that way. And then just like, I always do this in real time, but it's like, Hey, like, I didn't like that, you know? And, and I always say kind of seeing it leave your body. So when you're saying it's about cementing it in, it's about honoring it and then seeing it leave you because it's stored in your cells. Right. And so much of the time, so many of the things we create in our lives is to have that voice that we didn't get to have when we were kids to be able to say, stop, or to be able to say, that's not okay. Or to be able to say that really hurt me. And so if we can honor that in real time, in our current moments, right. Where it's like, it really hurt me that my boss, you know, didn't, um, acknowledge my work on that project. Right. And a lot of times I'll have my clients when we're in our sessions do this, like I'll get intuitive hits about what needs to be said to release the energy and release the pattern. But it's like, I'll have them say this in our sessions and I say, have them say it just over and over and keep it as simple as possible. Right. Like it really hurt me. That really hurt me. What you did really hurt me. Right. And you just say it over and over, seeing it leaving your body or just trusting it's leaving, you know, setting the intention that it's leaving. And it's even now I just said it, it's like lighter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That. I'm telling you, like you're impacting my heart. I, I don't know how to describe it because, you know, I know when I feel tremendous joy, which is quite often, it feels like it's flowing out of my heart. But just now I was just feeling this sensation in my heart, my soul, I, whatever this area is, <laughs> yeah, it was very impactful. Um, and I love, and the other thing I want to bring up is, you, you know, you say, I don't know if you've talked about this before, but I love that. Yeah, some people have come on and talked a little bit about the inner child, or some people have come on and talked about, you know, different aspects that we've talked about. But coming from another perspective and just another angle, you're saying things that, you know, I know for me is very resonating. And I know for people who are going to listen to this, it's just really going to resonate. And I love that. Uh, just shining a new light in a different area on it is beautiful. So thanks. No, no, you're welcome. I'm like, I like, I always am in these sessions. In like, anytime I'm having a conversation, I'm, there's like a flow coming through of like what needs to be said and what needs to be shared. So thank you so much for reflecting that. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Again, I just, you know, you're making me go, ah, like, you know, yeah, it's, I, I love it. And I'm going to go upstairs tonight and be like, okay, and, and do exactly what you said. Yeah, it really resonates. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a really beautiful thing. And I do, I will say like, the work I have done, I've done so much inner child work. I have like such a close relationship with her. And so, so much of the time, like when we're sitting here, it's like that relationship facilitates all of my clients' relationships. It facilitates our relationship. And it's just, I love it. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing because that child that lives within us, like she, she, or he deserves, they deserve to have it, have the world, right. We all, we all deserve that. And, and we, they deserve to be acknowledged and seen and heard and loved, loved for all of who they are and not just Oh, well, this aspect, you know, like you not being emotional is valued or you being really, you know, um, uh, logical is super valued, but you, you being emotional is, you know, is not, is not as valuable in this world, right? They, they deserve to have all aspects of them yeah. fully and wholeheartedly loved. Yeah. And again, I just, it's, it just so is resonating because I've always taken, you know, little Terry and put her on my lap and been like, you know, talk to her about the trauma parts and the pain parts and all of that, but never really about like the dream parts. And the, and so when you said that, I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant to, yeah, let's talk about 
what were you dreaming about? What did you want to achieve in, in, in the good stuff of, of the childhood? Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. I love it. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, one of two of the things actually that I saw on your website that I really, again, spoke to me was vulnerability and honoring our sensitivity. I mean, those are, again, two really big topics I know for those of us with trauma history and on the healing path, um, putting our, our vulnerability out there into the world and in relationships with strangers, making friends, friendships, um, and then really, again, honoring our sensitivity. Two huge topics really yeah yeah so what's coming up to talk about let's uh let's i want to we'll touch on the on both of these so it's, it's coming up to talk about with the vulnerability piece so here's the thing when you've had deep abandonment patterns or deep trauma in your life um a lot of what happens is that we become fearful of people leaving us right or fearful of some kind of attack so what happens as a result of that is that first of all, we make up that, you know, we're wrong or some part of us is wrong or we're wrong. Like, like I made up when my dad left, it's like, like subconsciously, I must've done something wrong that caused him to leave. Right. When it had nothing to do with me at all. I mean, I mean, like, you know, not really. Right. It had to do with him and what he needed to do for himself. But so that space, then when we go to get close with someone or get connected with someone, what ends up happening is, is that there's that subconscious underneath layering that they're going to leave, right. Or something's going to happen and they're, and you know, and they're not going to love me the way that I am. Right. And so of course, part of that key is that we build that relationship with ourselves. I dive deeper into this in my putting an end to painful relationships masterclass. And I have a course as well on a painful uh, relationship healing course, but you know, part of that is uh, you know, this dynamic of, okay, can I really start to build that relationship with myself? Can I have those inner child talks at night or in the morning, whenever you have that space, right? Can I honor my experience and honor my feelings? How am I relating in the world? And how am I like, it's like, how am I honoring, you know, like when someone does something that's not okay, do you brush it off? Or, you know, or even the ways that we're like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. Like the, some of the, the languaging that we use to minimize and to, you know, we diminish our own experience to make someone else comfortable, right? And so it's so important that we are, first of all, building a relationship with ourselves. Now, as we do that, it becomes safer to be more vulnerable in our relationships. So, um, uh, having those hard conversations, right. Where, you know, you have, have, um, uh, you know, have a, have a challenging conversation with someone like, because I feel safe with me, I feel safe in that conversation, right? Because I know my boundaries and I know what's okay and what's not okay. I can feel safe sharing myself in that conversation and safe with that person, you know? So it's like the key is, is us feeling safe with ourselves, Right. And, you know, we start to feel more and more safe with ourselves when we've acknowledged our experience over and over and over again in different ways through the inner child work, through, you know, um, stepping up and saying, you know what, that's not okay. I mean, I'll use a simple example and this will move us into the empath part, but like being a super sensitive being, right. Um, one day I had a guy who was going to work, he was going to do something with my sofa. I had just gotten some new sofas and I think they damaged one of the legs or something. And so he came to my door. And it was funny because intuitively I tuned into him before he came and I kept seeing this like thing with the nose, but I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and then he came to my door and he smelled like smoke. 
and like reeked of it. Right. And me being like, so super sensitive. I was like, I, I was like, and especially he's going to work on my, you know, it wasn't going to work in my laundry room or something like he was going to work on my furniture. Right. It's like that oh, smell right. gets in and it's just like, whew. and so, you know, in that moment, and it's, it can be hard to have this in real time access. Right. But in that moment I had to, um, actually go, okay. Um, you know, I'm going to have to tell this man that it's not okay to come into my house. Right. Like I kind of said to him, can you air, like, I don't know if I said, can you air out, but it was some idea of like, can you sit outside for a few minutes? I was gentle, I was gentle, as gentle as I could be about it. Right. Cause again, my relationship and my recognizing there's a person standing in front of me who's just doing the best that he can in his experience who, you know, it was, and he actually even told me, I'm just like, I'm trying to quit. And he was like, well, I don't really have time to do that. Cause you know, of what the work required. And so then I just had to say, okay, well, like, this is not okay with me you know, this is not okay for me. I'm just like, I'm super sensitive. It's not about you. It's just about me and my inner experience. And then, you know, and it worked out perfectly because then what happened was I called the company and then they sent someone from another company who didn't smoke, who wasn't going to, you know, like it wasn't going to bother me. Right. So I honored my experience and I did it in a gentle way. Like I didn't have to go, you, you can't be here because you, you smoke or, you know, like, you know, I didn't have to make him wrong. It was just, I had to honor my own experience and not abandon myself in that moment. Yes. What a beautiful story. And I love it that really made it about you, not about him, but about you and your needs. So, yeah. 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 And so honoring our sensitivities in our relationships, again, we have been taught a lot of times that those things are wrong or like they're not lovable. And I have this vision for the the world that like, because so I've started to do this even in um, relationships where maybe I don't know the people that well, like, um, I'm just, I'm getting all these wonderful opportunities in my life. So they're selling the place that I'm living in. And so I've had to have like people coming into my, in and out of my house, which like, again, just really, I'm just really sensitive and I'm aware of my environment. I'm aware of others and I'm just protective of my environment who I allowed into my space. And so then I've had to be like, okay, I've got to honor my experience. Right. And I, like, I was like, okay, this is okay. And this is not okay. And again, the more that I can do that, the more that I am like, I'm not leaving myself, you know, no matter what's being asked of me or what's being required of me, I'm not going to leave myself to please you or to make you feel okay. Or, you know, all just all the ways that like when we're, when we're kids, we become a lot of times, especially if you had abandonment in your environment, we become ultimate people pleasers, right? Because like the subconscious thing underneath that is like, oh yeah, like (laughs) me too. Uh, you know, the subconscious thing underneath that is that, um, you know, if I'm a people pleaser, they won't hurt me again. They won't leave me again. Right. right? And so it's, then you've got to, un, it's, we don't even know what our truth is. We're not connected to ourselves in those moments. Right. So let alone actually, you know, share that truth with others. Right. And so um, starting to really become aware of like, okay, what is it that I want? These are, these are great questions that like, when I was first doing this work, it's like, what do I want right now? What do I need right now? What am I feeling right now? And throughout my day, I, could, I would ask myself that to start to connect. Cause we don't even know what we're feeling. Cause we're so conditioned to keeping ourselves safe in our environment based on, okay, my parents are going to show up this way for me, or they're not going to show up this way for me. And how do I protect myself in that environment? Well, I completely, I, they become the center focus, right? I, I use the example. Um, I love this example, but it's like, um, you know, when you're watching a play or a musical, right. And there's the center performer and then everyone is dancing around that center performer. It's like in your life, are you the center performer? Or are you the person? 
person who's dancing around someone else in your life, right? It's like, (laughs) it's, and so can, you know, the more we can move into I'm center stage of my own life, which is who should be center stage for your life, right? The more we can move into that, the more we can start to make ourselves matter and make our feelings matter and allow ourselves to be seen and to be heard, right? The more that we can do that, which again, we do first and foremost with our relationship with ourselves. And then we bring that out into the world, the more that starts to, you know, to shift everything. Yes. Wow. Again, you saw my reaction. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, that was another revelation. So yeah, I I mean, I love that visual. I I always love visuals of yes, of, uh, because I saw myself dancing around my head. Yeah. I mean, I was that way too. Like I had this really close relationship with my mom, but it was codependent and it wasn't built on a really high function functionality, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of dysfunctional because, well, she was working a lot. So she was not around. So like I had this abandonment, you know, I had my abandonment with my dad leaving. Then my mother was not around a lot because she was working. And when she wasn't working, sometimes she was home, but then a lot of times she, she wanted to go work out and take care of herself. And she was trying to date as a single mom. I mean, there was all these dynamics that were in there. And so what happens is, um, I don't know if you've um, had any, uh, talked about attachment styles, or anything, but, um, you know, for me, uh, the, I developed an anxious attachment style because it was like, when my mom was present, she was present, she was there and it was amazing. Right. But then it was like, I, I subconsciously made up, I can do something that will either get her to be present with me or get her not to be present with me. Right. And, um, it conditioned me. It's like, I could do the right thing in relationship or I could do the wrong thing in relationship. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, there's that dynamic that ends up playing out. And then for me, the, the attachment style around anxiety. I was anxious, always dating. I was always anxious, like anxious that they're going to leave and, you know, just constantly anxious. And then I did the work to actually heal and move into a secure attachment style because I was like, Hmm, being anxious in relationship isn't, shouldn't be my norm. <laughs> <laughs> especially when showing someone's showing up consistently for you. Right. It's like, hmm, why am I actually really anxious? It's not really because of how this person is or isn't showing up. It's because of, you know, obviously childhood stuff. Yes. It's been amazing to me that it, it almost always seems to come back to childhood. Yeah. Stuff, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say it's like, you know, those even small moments, you know, we're talking about big moments, but even small moments, like, you know, you, I always use this example of like, you ask your mom for a, a piece of chocolate and she's like, no, you should have an apple. We are making up subconscious conclusions in that moment. Like for instance, I don't know what I want because here's an authority figure telling me what I want or, um, you know, what I want isn't right. You know, those are a couple, uh, and then that, belief gets stored into our body and becomes a magnetizer for our present day moment until it's brought up to consciousness, which is again, a huge part of the work that I do with my clients is to help them. People say when they're sitting around me that they have, they remember things that they haven't thought of in years. And it's just because it's like the space that I'm holding, right. It's the work that I've done that will bring those memories forward so that we can actually remember them and heal them. And you don't have to actually remember them to, you know, to heal them. But um, yeah, it's one of those things. That's just, it's a beautiful thing where it's like, Oh my God, I, I haven't thought about that, but that has, has a lot of, can have a lot of meat to it. Right. It's like, you know, I always use the example, and this has happened to so many of my clients where, you know, they'll be waiting for, you know, their parents will get divorced and they'll be waiting for their parent on the sidewalk or something. Right. And the parent never shows. Yeah. And that's something I, I think it's just happened to a lot of, a lot of people. Right. Cause it's like, again, that inconsistency that we have in our childhoods. Um, but you know, then there's so much meat and juice in that moment. 
And then what we do is we can peel that back, all the subconscious beliefs and, and stories you made up that are now creating what's happening in your current day moment. And you're like, I don't get why this person, you know, isn't showing up for me or isn't available to me. And it's like, it's rooted in when you were again, back when we were age seven, yeah, <laughs> you know, on your, that sidewalk. Right, right. <laughs> right. with your dad, you know, it's like, and so really being able to unpack that and letting it go because we're holding on to it for it to be acknowledged. We're not holding on to it because we actually want to live our lives that way or make someone wrong, even though it sometimes can feel like that we're holding on to it just for it to be acknowledged. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know. And I, and again, I love what you talked about, about how you don't really, it's not that you really have to remember exact details of, of things, but that um, once you start to, to allow those feelings, memories, whatever to surface, then you really can start to do the healing work and process because it's, it's, it's left unprocessed here in the brain and the body. Right. And then once you start to honor it, recognize it, you're able to do the processing work. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, shift into, yeah. Awesome. All right. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon? Obviously we could sit and talk for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> the, um, I mean, no, you know, I, I think like we've covered so much. Um, if, if any of your listeners want to dive deeper, I would invite them to come to my putting an end to painful relationships masterclass. Like I would like this class. So here's the thing, you know, there's so many things that are, we do that are subconscious that cause painful relationships. Um, and so in this class, I talk about what a lot of those things are, including the three biggest issues that do keep us like stuck hurting and struggling in our relationships, really repeating our relationship patterns and how to start to shift that. So um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of meat to it. It's, I love, I love teaching it. Cause I just love, there's so many things that I did in relationships, you know, before I got into this work and as I was going through this journey and they caused pain and it sucked because yeah. I just wanted to get love right. You know, I wanted to be able to get love and, and have the love that I was meant for right in my life. And so that's a huge part of what I teach in that class. Wonderful. And what a beautiful gift it is to, to give that to others. So, yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. do, how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they can find that class at, uh, like the bit.ly. So B I T dot L Y slash ending dash pain, all lowercase. Um, and they can head to my website, which also has the class information on there at www.debraacker.com, which is just D E V O R A H A C K E R.com. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, it's just been an absolute joy to have you here. And uh, thank you for the gift that you give others in the, on their healing path. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to, to be here and to be able to share. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode, and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.